Welcome to the Sand Hills Media Ministry. We hope this production encourages and challenges you to live a more Christ-centered life. Welcome to the Sand Hills Podcast. We are very excited to talk about the reason for the season. Christmas is right around the corner, and we wanted to have a sit-down conversation with Pastor Jeff about how do we bring Advent with us everywhere we go? How do we handle family dynamics around Christmas? How do we handle finances around Christmas? We address all these questions in this episode, and it is a really fun way uh, to wrap up our season three of the Sandhills podcast. Now, we do have something special coming for you closer to Christmas time, and we're excited to share that with you. But uh, the next time that we'll have our fourth season and regular episodes coming out, Will be in January. If you'd like to know uh, about a topic or if you would like to hear a topic, please put it in the comments, send us an email. We would love to hear from you. Merry Christmas. No, the only time you're really going to be free and fulfilled is when, as a created being, you begin to walk in the way that He's created you to operate. But what you do need to do is just be a faithful representation of what you believe. Live it, live it boldly, don't hedge on anything, and just simply be who you are for the sake of Christ and the gospel and the church. And don't think about it in terms of like, did I make sure that they understood that I think they're wrong? In every generation, we need to evangelize the church. There is no Christian culture. Christianity is the message of God's Son sacrificed on the cross for our salvation. And the question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we going to choose him or not? And I often tell people, people don't leave church because of God. Mm -hmm. They leave because of other people. So uh, Christmas is right around the corner. It is. It is the time where Mariah Carey is being sung for hours in every department store. Right. And if you work in one of those stores, may the Lord bless you and keep you because I could not handle that. <laughs> hey, let me, can I say something? I love Christmas. I absolutely love I love the whole thing. I love everything about Christmas. Now, I will say vocationally. Christmas is not always my favorite time of year. Now, let me let me un- unpack that a bit for somebody who's like, uh, <laughs> like, listen, I love the birth of Christ. I love all mm. that it does. I love all. I love all of the pageantry of Christmas. I love the the decorations. Though I'm not personally into decorating myself, it's it's not my joy. But it, I love when others do it, and I love to be around that. But you know, as a church, there's always the extra services, the extra mm. time you've got to put in, and so. Uh, you know, for people, especially people who love a Christmas Eve, say, oh, I love Christmas Eve service. I'm going to go and we're sing. Like, do you know what a burden it is for the church staff to take the hours to prepare, to pull off, to do? And then when everybody leaves, that we're staying there cleaning up, putting things yep. back in order. And and so normally when I hit Christmas, I am exhausted. Um, and then it's like, okay, back to work on Monday. You know, and so it's like uh, vocationally, Christmas is actually really hard. So can I just say... Love your church staff during mm. Christmas. I mean, Amen. Love them. Pour out. Like, and if, let me just say this selfishly. I don't even care who, like, let's imagine you go to another <laughs> church. You need to, you know, call them, thank them, send them a card, uh, give them a gift, you know, just like recognize just how, how much they, they work hard. It is a lot. Uh, yeah. So it's one of those things. But that aside, I love Christmas. It's just such a great holiday. And one of the things that makes it, like you said, it's a very busy season. For a lot of people in the business world, it's the fourth quarter yeah. and it's a ton of work they're working overtime they're they're getting maybe you know 14 hours off for christmas they get half a day christmas eve they get 
Christmas Day and you're back. That's right. Um, yeah. The retail world is brutal. Oh, man. And if you work retail, again, somebody needs to be loving on you. Amen. Encouraging you, hugging you. Amen. <laughs> and it's one of the things that I think helps get people through it, at least for me, like when we got all that work and we're setting stuff up. I love Christmas songs. Mm, yeah. I think they're so fun. I do, too. I, and do too. I just, I've got two separate Christmas playlists. Oh, okay. One of them is um, a Christmas playlist that's like soft. The fireplace is on. It's we're yeah. cozy. Yeah, got some sure. hot chocolate. Sure. And then the other one is like Trans Siberian Orchestra. Yeah, and we're yeah, like Christmas. Yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> I was wondering, what is your favorite Christmas song? What's that song uh, about the <laughs> grandma that got run over by a reindeer? I think it's Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. No, no I don't think that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Uh, no, my favorite uh, Christmas song. Um, it really, and this is funny for me because I, I knew this question question mm-hmm. was coming. And I thought, what is my favorite Christmas song? And the first one that came to mind was "O Come, O Come, Emmanuel," mm. and I've just always loved that. There's just something about the song. It's got, a, first of all, a very rich theology, um, mm. and 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 it's almost got this. It's like a mournful kind of ballad. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in many aspects, uh, and yet there's this edge of joy and celebration. So it's got the, it's a complex song for me emotionally. I absolutely love that song, and I'm not even like I, there's not a version that I love more than others. I just mm-hmm. I love that song. Yeah, man. Now I feel bad for saying "Sleigh Ride" by Air Supply. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> oh, that is I play great. that song so much. <laughs> It's at least once a day. As soon as Christmas music oh. is culturally acceptable, it's at least once a day. Oh, that's great! <laughs> I love that song. Did not hear that one coming. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's good. It's that's got a rich theology too. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Okay. Whew. All right. What? Why do you think this was something I was thinking about? Why do you think that so many Christmas songs? And kind of on that vein, you know, you have the Christmas hymns that have super rich theology and are just spiritually and soul edifying. Yeah, yeah. But then so many of the popular Christmas songs uh, are about romance. Mm, Why yeah. do you think that that is? So for me, I mean, this is Jeff winging this, so to speak. So when you've got this this spirit of joy and and giving and generosity, now I'm talking about more of a secular view mm-hmm. of Christmas, but this is the time when... You see somebody in need, you're actually more lenient towards you know, like mm-hmm. let's give them a little something, uh, let's help them out, let's let's buy a gift for somebody, let's let's give a, a toy for toys for tots and all this. So, you you've got this where you're in the area of the heart and the brain that you don't normally live in throughout the rest of the year, mm-hmm. which would be great if you did. Yeah. Uh, but it's you're totally embracing this generosity, this external showing of love. I think the very next natural, normal, even even almost God inspired step is to think about how much I love other people. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm showing love to strangers I wouldn't normally show. So my love has, has risen to a point where now it's overflowing to people I wouldn't normally show love to. Those who are closest to me then are also receiving an overflow. And I think a natural part of love in our society is to think about, you know, the member of the, the opposite sex that you uh, mm-hmm. have been attracted to, whether you're single or, or married, and it's just like it increases that feeling of love. And so I think the same thing is true in the art world. And mm. so uh, the the shows that you put on TV, not to mention the obvious uh, fame of the Hallmark Channel during right. you know Christmas and every romance that even though you could 
you could print the storyline exactly. <laughs> like you could tell me what the next Hallmark movie will be about before it's even created or, or made. Um, and yet people love it and they eat it up. And I, yeah. I'll be honest with you, and I, you can't tell anybody this for our podcast, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that like I like the Hallmark stuff. Like when yeah. I watch those with my wife, and I don't watch a lot of them, but when I do, I'm like, how does this get me? It still gets me. Like I still like yeah. this. Like my wife's over there crying, and I would love to mock her if it weren't for the tears in my own eyes. You know, so yeah. if I could see her through the, through the <laughs> I could, tears, I could see her through my open weeping. I would tell her, "You're so foolish." Yeah, no, was, I think that's just. I think it's a natural part of it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a fantastic. I literally like wrote that to the side as we were getting ready for this. So that was totally off the cuff, and for a totally off the cuff answer, that was solid. That was like you were saying that. I'm like, that is so true. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> what's uh, What's one of your favorite Christmas memories? So I think for me, one of my favorite memories was growing up in Missouri. And so I used to live in Missouri and Nebraska in the Midwest when I was growing up. And my grandparents lived in Clinton, Missouri. And they're just good country folk. And we would, like everybody would amass there. So my dad has three brothers. So there's four men in the family, four sons. That's all my grandma had and uh, no daughters. And so we would all gather at the home. And my uncles are just crazy fun people. Like, mm. like I just connect with them. And like, I'm just going to be real with you like they do not share my convictions uh when it comes to christianity um and yet i just i love them to death and so and then they get married you know they've got their wives mm -hmm. and then i love their wives and then they have kids and those are my cousins and and we would all gather and you know we would just sleep as a mass in this home where every mm. inch of floor space is taken up with mattresses and stuff and then during the day we're going out and we're shopping and we're looking at christmas lights and grandma's cooking all the time and I mean she was mm. just in her element there and she's making this delicious stuff we're having these wonderful dinners we're staying up late playing cards we're watching Christmas movies there's music playing I like everything Man. about this it was just so much fun um and so and so now go to time to another thing um it's not that at all now right so mm -hmm. now family members have passed and everybody's older and, and family has moved different direct and so there's a thing about me where there's a part of where you really appreciate like like Lord thank you for those that season but things are absolutely different now. And this is where you have to make a choice. Um, and so you, this goes back to something we talked about in the Thanksgiving episode was, like, if you if you just sit there and lament that things aren't like they used to be, every holiday, every Christmas from this point forward is just going to be miserable. Mm. And you're the problem. And, and I would say that to myself as well. Like, if you go in, like, you know, I miss that, you know, like my mom isn't here anymore. And I miss mm. that, that we're not gathering anymore. My grandparents have passed. I miss, you know, like, okay, yeah, those were great. So enjoy that for what it was. And so, but now my attitude is this, okay, this Christmas, I, and I'll be honest with you, even still, I'm not quite sure what this Christmas is going to look like yet. We've got some different dynamics now, but I'm like, okay, if it's going to be a good Christmas, I have to make that choice. So I'll be honest. I don't care where we are. I don't care whose house it's at. I don't care where we're eating. It's going to be Christmas. I'm going to be off. Mm. I'll be with my family. I'm buying gifts for people I love. I can't affect how they look at each other and, and view all this, but for my part, I'm, I'm just going to enjoy this mm. holiday. And so uh, whatever the thing is this year, that's my new tradition <laughs> for this year, and we're just going to love it. Nice. One of my um, my favorite ones was really uh, my dad was in the Army, as you know. Um, still is in the Army. And he was in Iraq in the early 2000s after the uh, invasion of Iraq. And he uh, wasn't going to be able to come home for my birthday or for Christmas or anything. And that was really sad. It was like kind of the one, the first Christmas without dad. And so that was really hard to think about. But he actually, and this is kind of weird, ended up getting bit by this like sand parasite. Wow. Yeah. That like burrowed into his skin. Oh. And then was like reproducing in his bloodstream. Oh, my goodness. And so he had to get like chemo to flush out. 
the wow. parasite. So that so they had to emergency evacuate him to Washington D.C. to Walter Reed, and we got to be with him for the holidays. <laughs> and so that was like, and it was like tough, you know. Obviously, he's going through, he's going through it, you know. And yeah. he's he's, but to see him and to know we were together as a family again, and to be in that was my first time in D.C. as far as I can remember, and seeing it all with the Christmas lights everywhere, mm. and then my dad and I got to go to the White House mm. to watch the American Ballet Company perform the Nutcracker in the White House with George W. Bush and his wife. That's crazy. And they had this massive gingerbread house replica of the White House. Oh, my goodness. That's it amazing. was insane. <laughs> so that's a, that was one of my favorite memories. That, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure your dad's, but yeah. That's, <laughs> it, you, by the way, the whole opening of that sounds like a movie plot. I, mean, I know, like, right? That's crazy. Yeah. That could be a Hallmark movie. <laughs> it could, well, yes. It could. Call me. Hallmark. We can make this work. <laughs> Get some extra cash. There we go. Um, what do you think is the number one thing that people worry about over Christmas? Okay, so I was thinking about this, and I, I, I know we're going to end up on one area talking about this, which we should. But for me, I just wonder if, and I just say this because of what I've heard. I, this hasn't been my personal experience, but I think many people are just worried about their emotions during Christmas. Mm. I think they're worried about being sad or lonely or discouraged. And um, I think this ties more into some of our, our very natural fears um, than anything else. And Christmas just tends to bring that out because if it really is the time of year when it's supposed to be about joy and fun and laughter, almost everybody can think, yeah, but it's not going to be that way for me. Mm. And it's not going to be that way this year. And now I don't have, you know, aunt so-and-so, or I'm going through a hard time or I just lost my job and I don't have the money. And, you know, so that I think, I think the emotional, um, toil that they're going to experience is what they what they really fear so i think i think they're afraid of sadness and loss uh or processing that and again i I would just say now this is very this is like my pastoral side would be like there you don't have to dismiss the pain of life you can't Mm. nobody can actually do that but you can understand that and and yet you can still choose to to be the one who who brings joy into the situation so you know life is really hard for you right now but what if what if you could make it a really joyous time for other people? Mm. Like, even though you're going through something difficult, you're going to gather at a place where everybody else has got that too. What if you were the joy bringer in the midst of this? And so, while I think the biggest worry is probably their emotional struggle during Christmas, my challenge would be make it different. You be the mm. one who makes it different for everybody else. Yes, you're going through your own pain. You're not denying that. Um, but you can make a choice that will bless others. Yeah. I was uh, fascinated because that was what I expected to see when I looked up number one worry Christmas on yeah. Google, yeah. you know, to find out what people were thinking. Yeah. And I was surprised to see that 48 to 60% of people, now that's coming from Lending Tree, Fox, and The Observer, all came up with numbers within that, that frame. Right. But 48 to 60% of Americans dread the holidays because of finances. Yes, yeah. And I hadn't... I feel like I had kind of known that in the back of my mind, maybe, because there's so much commercialization of it. Right, sure. Um, but I didn't realize that it was that pervasive, that, right. that you look at someone and the odds are good, and you flip a coin, and they're they're dreading mm-hmm. their finances this time of year. That's right. Um, and 30% said that they lose sleep at night because of the anxiety associated with the financial burden of Christmas. Right. I was shocked at that. Yeah. I had no idea. Um that not only was it that pervasive, but it was that devastating that you're laying awake at night so consumed with the idea of, how am I going to pay for this? Right, sure. Um, 
how do those statistics impact the meaning of Christmas in our culture? Well, I, so obviously the commercialization of this time of year is, um, has caused a problem in the church. I mean, we don't want to lose sight of what this is really all about as a season. But if I could speak to the statistics for a moment, and I used to be a part of that statistic. I don't know that I really feared, you know, Christmas and the budgeting part uh, or the financial part. But I think, you know, we were able to solve it. And I, I like the solution is so, so stinking easy. Like I can solve this for everybody right now, just in a few principles, if I would, if I could. Uh, so one is get on a budget. Mm. So like, like, like I know people, oh, we're kind of on a budget. Like you can't be kind of on a budget. You got to be on a real budget. Um, and fortunately, our, like our church, we use the Dave Ramsey stuff, the Financial mm-hmm. Peace University. Totally recommend that to people. But here's the great news. If you spend your whole year preparing for Christmas, and, and you can adjust it to your income, you know, just wherever you're at, this is what we've got for Christmas. And there were a number of years where we were like, okay, this is what we're going to have for Christmas. We got there. We had that amount of money. And then you're limited, right? So you're sitting there going, well, yeah, but we can't afford to give our kids all the, okay, stop, stop, stop. You're setting really weird expectations. Like Mm. your kids aren't sitting there thinking dollar amounts. Like I need to be able to, if my parents don't drop a grand on me this Christmas, do they even love me? Like they're not, like when they're, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. We've never spent that much on our kids ever. Uh, But this idea that you have to provide some sort of weird Christmas for your kids. So when we were younger and didn't have much money, we bought a bunch of smaller gifts. And Mm. so, you know, dollar wise, you know, we weren't giving our kids a lot of dollar value for their gifts, but we gave them a bunch of gifts. They were still in the realm of things that they liked. You know, one of the things, like, I remember my son liked Legos, and I would have loved to have gotten him, like, an X-Wing or Millennium Falcon. Mm. I, I'll be honest, I may have just the been... The Death a, Star. Yeah, it might have been, just been for me that I would have wanted to do that. <laughs> but, we, but we couldn't afford any. They were hundreds of dollars for a Lego toy, and you couldn't justify that. But you can buy these little, like, you could buy a spaceship, and I could get that for, like, 10 bucks or mm-hmm. 15 bucks, And, you know, I could do the same thing over here, and I could get him, like, a couple of those, you know? And that would be, like, you know, a couple of things that, that were in the same realm, but they weren't the, the price tag. So I would say set a, set a budget. Don't worry about not mm-hmm. being able to give your kids the Christmas that you want to give them. And I would say this, too. You don't, have to, you don't have to match what other people are giving you. So if you have a family member who has more money than you, and you know every year Uncle so-and-so or Aunt so-and-so is going to give you this big gift, and you're like, i gotta, I got to match that. i got to pay that back. Okay, now you've missed the point of Christmas. Mm. Like, this is not about, like, I'm trying to keep up with people in their gift giving. You know, if Uncle so-and-so gives you something, he's going to give you something, you're like, I don't have any money. You know what you could do? There's, there's this way to create meaningful gifts that are very cheap. Like, you know, make a calendar for Uncle so-and-so mm. that has pictures of, you know, great moments you guys have had together. It's going to cost you, you know, probably less than $20 to do that. It's going to take some effort to put it together. But you want to talk about meaningful. I mean, yeah. that's the kind of thing. That's like, that's a real, real gift, you know, that you could really spend some time with them. Um remembering something that's beautiful. So don't try to keep up with that. Don't worry about giving small gifts. And don't feel like you have to give a gift to everybody that gives you a gift. That was something we had to break ourselves of as well, is that, well, you know so-and-so's are going to give us a gift. We've got to get them something. Like, no, you don't. No, mm-hmm. you don't. Well, they're going to be offended. i got to live, like, i got to manage my life, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, again, like, if they're going to give me something, I'll tell you what, let's get them a card. And let's just write in there some stories or some great things about how much they've blessed us. Let them, you know, like you can think of a different way to do this rather than getting caught up in like, I have to take on this unbelievable financial burden. Um, I think that's, that's unwise. Yeah. That is great advice for, for looking at how to combat those anxieties. Because one of the things that I think that we've really missed is that mindset of, let me show someone how much I love them. And it doesn't have to be through a material thing. It can be through something literally affirming the fact that I love them. 
Um, one of the cool things that I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking about this. So if you're you're listening to this and you're thinking about that last minute gift idea, you know, before Christmas and uh, coming up around the corner as you're, as you're thinking about that, one of the cool things I've seen is you can go online and you can make, um, it's not a comic book, but it's an illustrated story of a favorite memory with them. Mm-hmm. And you can make it where like, yeah, you know, I was a little kid here and they were, you know, or you talk about a trip that you guys took and they'll illustrate it for you and they'll write it. And it's a really cool little book that you can give someone of a favorite memory and like i know if i got that i'd be crying and be like this is so beautiful thank you i didn't know you liked that moment that's great (laughs) and so there are so many ways uh or even there's one time i got a card that was just so beautifully written Mm. i'm like this is you know there's no cash inside i'm not like you know (laughs) shaking it trying to see if anything falls out but i was like this is so and i've kept it it's still in one of i know exactly where it is in my house and it's so fun to to open it and read it and be like wow what a beautiful memory yeah and that's something that's literally priceless right you know what i mean yeah i think if you're just creative you can do things differently i think too this part of this ties into the like the love languages Mm. so you know that book the five love languages uh from years ago uh was this idea that people are wired different like for me like if you give me a gift like oh that's great thank you like i'm just not a gift guy i mean i'm glad to receive them and uh, i love to give them but it's just not a. it doesn't you know i'm a words of affirmation kind of guy and Mm. so like if you literally took the time to write in a card about something I've done for you in your life or blessed you in your life or a memory we've made together and how special that is to you, that will do way more for me than mm. you going out and get me the latest, you know, a tool that I've been wanting to get, you know, like, right. like I just, I don't always need that. No, but I have friends though. And I have one friend in particular who I love, but like my best friend, he loves gifts. And so if you go out of your way to get him stuff, but he, for him, it's not a dollar amount. It's just that you thought about him and it's in something that he loves. I mean, I'll never forget one of the best gifts I ever gave my wife was actually on an anniversary we on our um, during our wedding we had a love song we loved and uh, mm. she sang the love song to me as a surprise in the midst of our wedding I was bawling like a oh, goof, man. Goof, it was great it was Jeez. an amazing time another hallmark movie. I know another hall it was there. a hallmark yeah totally hallmark <laughs> moment and so uh, we still had that sheet music uh, from that oh, performance man. and so I got it out I, I located the um, there was a particular artist that sang it and we loved their stuff I found through her agent um that she was still out there doing shows and so i said i just i contacted the agency and i said could you get her to sign this and they did and so i sent it to the artist she signed it said you know wishing you another happy 20 years or something like that oh so here's the thing it didn't cost me anything more than postage i mean literally (laughs) and some forethought and so when i got it back i framed it and i gave it to her and i'll never forget like when she opened it like she's she literally was stunned like what am i looking at here yeah and i was like this is the wow. our sheet music from our wedding the song you sang to me signed by the artist that we loved who did that and it, like it was just one of those and it's so, so beautiful so, thanks a lot so guys oh, man next on you i'm taking notes yeah. i'm like you gotta find that song but so now bring that into christmas this idea that it doesn't have to cost a lot you, mm. if you're just creative you can come up with some really cool stuff really affordably and you know what's interesting all the stories we're sharing about some of our best memories right. and the things that we valued the most and meant the most to us have zero dollars. That's right. Yeah. It's not, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it is not connected. Like I'm not talking about the time that my parents got me a PlayStation two. Okay. Now, hold on. Now that was revolutionary <laughs> at the time. It was insane, but you know, but that, that doesn't become your favorite memory. You know, the right. material thing won't become your favorite memory, but the love you show to someone you can, you can bank on that becoming a favorite memory. Okay, now I do want to say I will never forget when I first got the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Um, oh, that's a historic moment. That is, 
I was like six. Uh, it was a big moment in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but but other than that, okay, but let me like if you were to ask, how did we get here? Like, how do we get to people just spending so much? Okay, yeah. so let's maybe part of that is you know kind of the Madison Avenue you know right. sales pitches, and you know now we're we're convinced that spending money is how you do Christmas. But I you know I kind of think we got here almost innocently. That this idea that you know, now we're, now we're going back to the Christian principle that, that we have been given the greatest gift ever at extreme mm. cost, at extreme sacrifice yeah. uh, by the Lord. So here, here Jesus has given us his life. We're completely unworthy, completely undeserving. And yet he has, uh, if you want to use our term, spent so much to purchase for us, you know, this gift. And when people enter into that, I think there's a part of that residual that's within us. That's is part of the innate nature of man, uh, maybe even unidentified, unarticulated, um, and people inside the faith or outside the faith. But there's something that that captures them in this moment, and maybe mm. it is it, it's worked its way subtly into songs, even secular songs, uh, with the extravagance of love, the extravagance of gift, uh, whatever. And I think that there's this part of this that people come by naturally. So if somebody were to say. I don't know why I do this, but I way overspend every year, and I can't explain it. And I say, well, I think actually it's, it lies in the origins of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, the the thing I would just caution is uh, that was not God's intent that we right. would try in some financial way to replicate, you know, His gift. But I do kind of understand it. Yeah, that there would be this innate desire right. to lavishly love somebody. Right. right. Um, we just got to do it wisely. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I think one of the things is as we're looking at. Uh, how to combat greed and it's it's clearly not wrong to give gifts you no, know it's yeah, wrong to irresponsibly give gifts that's right um but i think one of the best ways that we can combat greed in our society as believers is by celebrating advent mm. and and what that is and so I, w- what do you think the church's responsibility is in celebrating advent mm. that's a great question so i grew up in a church that was very liturgical and so uh, we had seasons of year where you would do various things, and one of those mm-hmm. was Advent. So Advent is, you know, it's four weeks. We're going to be talking to, about aspects uh, of um, of Christmas, and it's used as not just a celebration time. It's used as a teaching tool, mm. uh, and, and historically that's what it was in the church, is that we were going to take four weeks to focus on different aspects of, uh, you know, joy and love and things like that, and then we'll wrap them around the Christmas story, and we'll use them as teaching tools in the church so that by the time we get to uh, the celebration of the birth of Christ, we understand the bigger picture of what it's all about. And so I would say conceptually, even for a modern church like ours, which is not liturgical in Mm -hmm. how we do things, uh, we have actually seized Advent uh, almost every year. I mean, it just seems like we keep coming back to it. And I think for the same reasons that, like, you know, we need to pause every year um, okay, let me let me show you the other side for a second. So I had a friend of mine that was teaching through the book of Esther one year, mm-hmm. and uh, he was coming up on Christmas, and so he and I were uh, speaking, and so I said, so in your church, what are you going to be, you know, what, what parts of the Christmas story are you going to be doing, and how are you doing that, and how many weeks are you going to preach on Christmas? And he said, oh, well, I'm not going to stop for Christmas at all. I've been teaching through the book of Esther. I'm just going to keep on going. Wow. I was like, I was like do, you, do you think your people want to hear about Esther during Christmas? I mean, We're just, skipping <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <And>, Bomb. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my friend's name was Ebenezer. And, uh, <laughs> and so, you know, I was just like, what are, you, what are you doing? And so he didn't. I mean, he preached through Esther. He never wow. stopped. And he received some interesting feedback from his congregation. A lot of emails. <laughs> yeah, a lot of emails. And so here's the thing, I think, with us. Like, the idea of capturing Advent to say, everybody wants to hear about the birth mm-hmm. of Christ. Everybody wants to know what surrounds that. And so when you come back to the basics of Advent about educating people about what the season's about, and then celebrating what has actually occurred. I mean, I think if you can combine those two elements, that's the importance of Advent. And I think it's both corporate in the church, and I think it's personal 
Mm. Like for me, if you're a Christian at home, like you don't have to adopt Advent as like we're going to take four weeks and we're going to, or you don't, you know, we're going to do the Advent candle or something like that. Or like you can do all those things. I think they're great. But if you'll at least at the very least think we need to take a season as a family Mm. where we celebrate, we remember, we educate um, uh, ourselves and our kids about, you know, what this is all about. And then I think you can even extrapolate from that to say, like if you have non-believing family at Christmas, and I've just, it's just always been a part of everybody's life probably, if, even if you're a Christian. I mean, it's hardly ever do you have a fully Christian family. If you do, yeah. I'm really envious of you. I've, I don't know what that's like. That's beautiful. Um, nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> but what we do try to do is now think about how can I bring a little bit of Advent into my mm. family? And so um, when we're there, you know, if they don't normally read the Christmas story, can I just, can I ask on Christmas morning, hey, before we open gifts, would you mind if I read a chapter from the book of Matthew and just talked about, you know, this great thing that's happened? Um, I think there's a part of that where it's kind of bringing Advent into your family or even on Christmas Eve. Mm. Hey, how would you guys feel about going to a church service? And even though almost nobody will go with you, you may have that one cousin or aunt or uncle that's like, oh, I'd go with you. Um, Now, I do understand there's some weird family dynamics. I was just talking to somebody uh, like today that was saying um, they have Catholic family members and Mm. they're Protestant. And so they're like, hey, will you go to Mass with us? And they're like, mm, do I, I don't know if I want to go to Mass. On, it's a lot of standing yeah. and sitting yeah, and like, kneeling and standing. Yeah, and then when they come to their house, they're like, hey, do you want to go to our church with us? And they're like, oh, we'd rather go to a Catholic church. You know, so I know there's dynamics there, but the season of Advent, I think, is valuable. Personally, corporately, we should embrace it. Yeah, I loved what you said there is how, how do I, you, you brought up the concept, of how do I bring Advent up into this? And I think one of the things that is so beautiful about being a Christian and having the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the, and the ability to share this story and, and be the church to people right. is that we can approach going into work, going into family dynamics, going to the gas station. How can I bring Advent with me? Mm. How can I bring this message and this story? Because everyone's thinking about it, right. whether they really want to admit it or not. Right. Everyone knows what Christmas is about. Right. It's not, you know, as much as the culture tries to dissuade us uh, yeah. from the origins of Christ mass, right, right. you know, they can't escape it. And there's so many, uh, I had a friend who's a pastor, a young pastor like me, and he said, I'm always excited for Christmas because I get to see my CEOs. And I was like, you're what? And he's like, my Christmas and Easter only families. <laughs> and he goes, awesome. And he goes, because I've got a strategic time where they can't escape it. That's right. I'm talking about it right. and they're going to hear it. No, oh, I love it. That's a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was thinking when you said this too, the, so in a lot of stores, of course, they don't let them say Merry Christmas because it's a very mm-hmm. Christian thing. So they ha- say Happy Holidays. And a lot of times Christians will be like, they'll return with, you know, somebody says Happy Holidays, you'll return with, well, no, you know, Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, if you do that, don't be snarky yeah. about it. Because I've seen people who will do like, you know, somebody will say Happy Holidays and be like, no. Merry Christmas. No, you're yeah. wrong. Yeah, I like, okay, dude, now you sound like an idiot. Yeah. You know, just, just kind of, if you're going to say Merry Christmas, which I encourage every Christian to do, use that as your mantra because you really mean I am celebrating the advent of Christ. Um, but this idea, just don't be snarky about it. Just return it with love and joy and, and move on. Right, because there are other holidays happening around that time. So if they want to say that, don't don't belittle them for what could be their sincere faith. You yeah, know what I mean? Especially when you go to invite them to church later and they're yeah. like, you're actually a jerk. I don't want to like, go. Like, weren't you the guy that yelled at the yeah. person in the store? Yeah. Where do you go to church? I never <laughs> want to go there. <laughs> never going. Um, and one of the way that I've done that is I always just say Merry Christmas first. And, when, and if they say happy holidays, I say thank you. Yeah, you know what sure. I mean? And like, just be like, yeah. you know, jolly about it. Yeah, you being, know? being winsome. Exactly. You know? yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Um, as we kind of wrap up this uh, podcast on Christmas and getting ready for this time of year and having these conversations um, and having that holly jolly mentality uh, and being light to the world, 
if you could give one piece of advice uh, to people over the holidays and then one comfort for people over the holidays, uh, what, what would they be? Okay, so my piece of advice would be keep, I know this sounds ridiculous. Of course, I would say this as a pastor and as a Christian. Keep Jesus in the middle of the whole mm-hmm. thing. Like, that would be my advice, is just keep Jesus in the middle of the whole thing. And then, you know, my, my word of comfort or encouragement would be, like, Christmas will probably never match your ideal. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a Christmas that waits for us in a different world. And when we go to that world, our home world, Christmas is going to be a whole new thing. So there's a part of this where just just resolve within yourself. It, in some way, it will always fail to meet my expectations. But I can either let that push me towards bitterness, mm. or I can let that be a seed of hope that reminds me, though though this situation, this relationship, or whatever, is just, it's not going to measure up. It's okay. There's a, there's a better Christmas coming. And so much as I have opportunity, I'm going to be the center of love and joy and and grace and gratitude. Like like as far as I'm concerned. Christmas is going to be amazing for those around me because I'm choosing to be that person. Mm. Man, choose to be that person. Mm. Bring Advent with you. Mm. Thank you so much for for sitting down and talking to us Amen. about uh, walking through Christmas and and repping up and gearing up for all the conversations that will happen. And I'm just excited to get to to celebrate Christmas here at Sandhills and, and enjoy working with you. And Merry Christmas, Jeff. Merry Christmas, John. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to this production from Sandhills Media Ministry. This episode was produced and hosted by John Daybeck. Audio mixing and camera work by Sean Wigner. Post-production by Eric Wigner. And special thanks to our guest and lead pastor, Jeff Philpott. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us through liking, subscribing, and sharing on your social media. It does more than you know to fuel this project. If you'd like to know more about Sandhills or join us on a Sunday, you can do so at sandhillschurch.org.